we honour our mums today. We really do. And, um, you know, we say thank you. Make sure you say thank you to a mum today. You know, it's a wonderful day for many. Many will have, you know, beautiful celebrations or they had them sometime over the weekend. And I also understand it's a tough day for many. For, sometimes these big days are reminders of what we don't have. And if that is you today, you know, we've been praying for you all week that the Holy Spirit, who is our comforter, will truly minister to you in the deepest of places today. And he's a faithful God, and I know he is doing that right now. So we pray great love and peace and the grace of God over everyone in Jesus' name. Mother's Day, Mother's Day, Mother's Day. It's my favourite and hardest role in the whole world. Um, Small people, small problems. Big people, big problems. This is what I've come to understand. (laughs) But it's the most rewarding, most heartbreaking, most wonderful, wonderful job there is. And, you know, just in thinking about it again this week, you know, our kids hear so much, especially in the days we live in, about how their worth kind of depends on their performance. Everywhere we hear it, soccer field and jobs and from their friends in their classroom. But I actually believe one of our most important roles as a mother, a grandmother, a a foster mother, an adoptive mother, a, a, a mother figure in whatever way that comes in your life, I really want to remind you this morning before I get onto this specific word is that We are to remind the children in our world daily that they are worthy of all of the love and all of the acceptance and all of the belonging and all of the affection, literally because of who they are, not because of what they do. And if we can impart that into our children, into the children around us, I would say that would be one of our major tasks. And as, as mums, I want to say to you this morning, it's never too late to start. If that hasn't been your culture, it's never too late to start. Not based on what our kids do. We love them because just of who they are. Amen? Amen. And I've been excited about today because, um, you know, I always go to the Lord and ask, what would it be that you would have us speak to our mums or the mother heart this morning. And beautifully, it was really simple. You know, sometimes it takes weeks for something to form, but it was just one morning and God put this really clear picture of a sparrow. Hence, his eye is on the sparrow. Hence, Jira. If he dresses the lilies, if he sees the sparrows, how much more? He impressed this picture on my heart and so I start reading about the sparrow yet again in the Word of God and it talks about value and it talks about trusting God with every detail and it talks about knowing that nothing escapes God's attention. You know, the sparrow is actually, it's a very common bird, an ordinary bird. Um, the books, you know, Google, thank you, um, say that, you know, about a billion sparrows are alive at any one time. They're not territorial, but they will aggressively protect their young. Aggressively. I'm like, ooh, I like the sparrow. But let me read to you a couple of things here from 
This one, Matthew 6, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you'll eat or what you'll drink, nor about your body, what you'll put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to your span of life? Why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. In Luke 12, it says, Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies and not one of them is forgotten? Not one. He's saying they're ordinary, they're common. Not one is forgotten. Even the hairs of your head are numbered. Fear not. You're of more value than many sparrows. Matthew 10 says, Not two sparrows sold for a penny. Not one of them will fall without your father knowing. Not one will fall. Psalm 84 says, Even the sparrow finds a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young. At your altars, O Lord of hosts, my God and my King. There is just so many beautiful scriptures talking to us about value and how much more does God love us. And I pray today that you'll really hear the heart of this message, not just for mums, but every single person here today that we grab hold of what the Lord is revealing to us in His Word. So today on Mother's Day, as we have that picture of the sparrow, we're going to look at the word trust and see how much God cares. And we're gleaning from a woman that we spoke about last week and her name is Jochebed. Interesting name. And she was the mother of three very famous, like three overachievers, basically. That was funny. Aaron, Aaron, the, high, the first high priest of Israel. Miriam, a prophetess, poet and singer in Israel. And Moses, the deliverer of Israel. And Jochebed, actually, her name means honour or glory of God. And what we know about this woman is that her life brought great honour to God. She was a tenacious example of what faith and trust in God looks like and how to trust God with the things that are of most importance to our hearts, especially our children. Do you know she's only mentioned twice in the Bible and Jochebed yet is known as one of the immortal mothers of Israel and one who had resolute faith and incredible strength, incredible trust in the promises of God. It's going to read from Exodus 2. It says, A man from the house of Levi went and took as his wife a Levite woman. This is Jochebed. And the woman conceived and bore a son. And when she saw that he was a fine child, I love that. Every mother thinks that, Right? <laughs> We look at our babies and feel sorry for all the other mothers in the hospital who didn't give birth to our baby. We're like, well, yours is all right, but mine is a fine child. Come on. And she hid him for three months. And when she could hide him no longer, 
She put him in a basket made of bulrushes and lined it with bitumen and pitch and she put the child in it and placed it among the reeds by the riverbank and his sister stood at a distance to know what could be done to him. And the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river and while her young woman walked beside the river and she saw the basket amongst the reeds, sent her servant woman and she took it. And when she opened it, she saw the child and the baby was crying. She took pity on him and she said, this is one of the Hebrews' children. And then his sister, lovely little thing, this is Miriam, runs up and says, shall I go and call you a nurse from the Hebrew woman to nurse this child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said, go. And so the girl went, called the girl's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this child away and nurse him for me and I'll give you your wages. And so the woman took the child and nursed him. And when the child grew older, she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter and he became her son. She named him Moses because she said, I drew him out of the water. You know, at this point in history, the Israelite people had been enslaved in Egypt for almost 400 years. And they'd become so numerous that they had been now considered a national threat to security. And a decree is now issued that all Hebrew newborn boys were to be thrown into the Nile River. You know, this isn't a fairy tale. This is a fact of what happened in this day. This is the chaotic and cruel culture in which Moses was born into. And while most women of that era prayed for a son to bring them honour and security in their old age, you know, if you've got a son, you're going to be fine. The Hebrew women all over Egypt were likely begging God for a daughter, not a son, because they knew that the edict that had been proclaimed was their sons needed to be put to death. And Jochebed has a boy, a fine boy. And she did what a good mum does. She did everything that she could in her power to protect him from the harsh world into which he was being born. And when she's no longer able to hide him, she makes what I cannot imagine it would have been the hardest decision of her life to literally turn him over to the hands of God. Like physically, we say that we do it emotionally, spiritually, and now she's required to do it in the natural. Trust. I always say trust is a verb. It's not trust until it's activated. You can say you trust God while you're skipping around the mountains and then one day you actually have to and then trust needs to be activated in the very core of who you are. It's not always easy to trust. In fact, it's super easy to look at all the circumstances that surround us on this journey of life and to find ourselves overwhelmed with anxiety and fear especially when it comes to our children. But I want you to see something today that Jochebed, you know, she had a real relationship with God. You know, I don't know that she was a super woman. I think all women are super women. But she wasn't anything out of the ordinary woman. What she did have, though, 
was a super trust in God. She knew his presence. She knew the word of God. And Jochebed literally had to let her child leave her arms, put all her trust in a God she personally knew. You know, I remember a story from Bono who spoke of being in Africa. It was actually through his wife. You know, his wife burned with compassion for areas like the Sudan where children are just dying by the thousands daily. And, and at the airport, out of the side of, you know, when no one saw this man in desperation runs up to Bono. Bono's getting on the plane with his baby in his arms and says, take my son, take my son to a better life and wept in front of Bono. And the words that I read about this in one of his books, it literally changed the trajectory of his life because by law, he couldn't take that boy. But Bono vowed to do all he could in his lifetime so that parents as many as he could help, did not have to be separated from their children due to poverty, due to the ovarian lottery of where you are born. We are blessed to be born in this country. But you know, I've spoken to countless women in my life who've chose to release their child up for adoption, beautiful women. And even though it is so brave and it is so selfless, The pain is horrendous. And we can read through stories of people's lives and kind of disassociate ourselves or even put on a veil of judgment, which is so unfair. And not really consider the depth of emotion contained in their stories. And when I look at Jochebed, I just go, I cannot imagine. I cannot imagine. There were, you know, I have a tiny little tiny little understanding, a little boy that we were going to adopt named Dylan. And we'd received him. There was a little window in America where the Hague Convention was open for, between Australia and America to adopt. We'd received our little boy, we'd prayed over him and then the, the Hague Convention was shut down. And we did everything we could. We, we got lawyers and we, got, and we had to literally let our little Dylan go. You, you don't know that story because we don't talk about it very often because it was a hard, hard, hard time. I think about Jochebed. She knew God had a special purpose for this child. When I think about Dylan, I think God had such a special, has such a special purpose for that child. When I think about my own children, my own grandchildren, no matter what is going on, God has got a special purpose for those children. When I think about you, As a child of someone, God has a special purpose over your life, over your children's life. He looks at, God looks at you and says, oh, this is a fine child. This is a fine child. And so Jochebed prayerfully and skillfully, because she prepared that bed, right? You imagine how she would have prepared that bed for that baby. I mean, that was going to be the finest crib that ever went down the Nile. That is for sure. And she released her son. Psalm 9.10 says, Those who know your name, those who know your name, put their trust in you, O Lord. 
You have not forsaken those who seek you. And Jochebed's example is a mother. She knew God. She was a God seeker. And God had a special purpose for Moses. As we know, we're all reaping the benefits still of that baby's life. But he has that special purpose for every single one of us. You know, I, Psalm 139, I always say this psalm raised me. And from verse 13, it says, you, you created, you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I mean, these are big words to say, hey, especially in an Aussie culture where it's like, don't, you know, the tall poppy. It's like, no, I won't, I won't say I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. That sounds a little bit arrogant. But it's like, no, no, no. The Bible actually says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made and my frame wasn't hidden from you. When I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body and all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Wow. When I think of Hannah in 1 Samuel 1, even before she had a child, and we know the story, but she prayed and actually she committed, she handed over the child in her heart to the service of God before that child ever even came to be. I want to say this, that letting your children go is never easy for a parent. Well, some people find it like super jubilant. (laughs) They're like, woohoo, we're done. See ya, whatever. But actually, when I talk to a lot of parents, there is a wrestle. And you know, letting your children go doesn't happen just once. It happens over and over and over again. Leaving your child with babysitter for the first time. Sending them to preschool, thinking they might, you know, will they survive without you? Seeing them graduate from high school and just every season there's this preparing to let go, getting married. Watching them move away and flourish. Each time again, like Jochebed, you've got to place them and trust God. Because he knows. He knows every hair on their head. He knows when they fall. He knows every part of our children's lives. And we can trust him with our children. When Luke 12 says, Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? Not one of them is forgotten before God. Why, even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, for you have more value than many sparrows. You know, I, I recently found out that in Canada, the sparrow is actually one of three common birds where there are no laws to protect them. None. Every other bird there is, apart from three, you can kill them with no consequence. And God is saying, I see every so-called valueless sparrow, how much more do I care for you? Do I care for the cries of your heart? Do I care for the things that matter to you? Do I care for your children? Do I care for your children's children? 
Do I care for the dreams, the children that are not born yet, that you dream of? How much more? You know, God's love and care for us, the older I get, the more I really don't understand how his love for us is almost incomprehensible. But I want you to see here, today my my heart is, I want you to see this woman applies her faith. She doesn't just like sit and cross her fingers and like, let's see how we go. She applies her faith. She prepares that bed. She has, her daughter, she's prepared her daughter ready, you know, to see what's going to happen. It didn't, she just didn't flippantly trust her child to God. She prepared, she prepared her heart. She prepared that crib. She had everything ready. And then we see God's this loving, sovereign, providential, protective care of Moses. I mean, Moses in a basket, you know, hidden at the right place at the right time. Pharaoh's daughter, the right time. Baby Moses crying, Pharaoh's daughter having compassion. Miriam being right there, getting permission for her mother to nurse her baby. Only God can do this. Why do we hesitate to trust? His eyes on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. You know, in Hebrews 11, this is crazy stuff. We read Jochebed and her husband now listed among the heroes of faith. It says, By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because he was no ordinary child, and they were not afraid of the king's edict. So they were not afraid. By faith, they were not afraid. By faith, you don't need to be afraid this morning. By faith, you don't need to be afraid. Do you know, as we journey through life, and um, Charlie, if you could come, sweet, that would be amazing. As we journey through life, all of us, just like the parents of Moses, we'll all have our faith tried, all of us. The Apostle Peter says that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, we don't like applauding around that, might be found unto praise and honour and glory at the appearing, the appearing of Christ Jesus. See, Jochebed's faith was rewarded by being re- reunited to her own child. In fact, God's providence was seeing to it that Jochebed was being paid from the enemy, (laughs) love it, to look after her own child. It's this amazing example of how God gives and provides and answers. Ephesians 3.20, it's like the nature of our great God. But I do want to say this to you today because you know our God is not a magician. He doesn't just, we go, God, please do this. And he's like, there it is. It doesn't always happen like this. In fact, I am sure that we can all name times when we feel like we've trusted God with the the deepest things of our hearts. And then as of right now, we are still in the waiting for the outcome that looks like God's goodness to come to pass. And I want to say to you today, you know, that release from Jochebed into that moment of release, that was called faith. And, and in the waiting, your faith gets a job. 
You know, we, we have to activate our faith, family. If there are promises that you have not seen come to pass as yet, I want to stir you up this morning and say, activate your faith. Activate your faith. Think about the sparrow. God's on it. God's on it. God's on all the things that are dear to you. Are there areas in your life today where you know God is asking you to trust Him at a deeper level, to take your hands off the wheel and give Him control? We've all made mistakes in life. If you're a parent, you'll have made decisions along the way that you now look back and go, what was I thinking? Anyone like that? Only three of us. All right. I'll, I'll admit that's me. As a child today, you might feel abandoned or mistreated. Or maybe you were parented in a way that left you wounded and fearful. But when I go back to this picture that God gave me of the sparrow, I want you to think about it. Every man, woman and child, I want you to think about it. When humanity fails, when we, we make mistakes, our God is faithful. He knows you. He sees you. He's got you. He catches you. He knows when you fall. He knows when it's tough. He knows when it's wonderful. And I want to say to you today, trust Him. He can be trusted. Follow Jacob's example. Release all that's in your heart to the trustworthy nature of God. And, and as every woman today, as you leave today, not just our mums, but every woman, I want you to take this little card that we've printed for you today. And it just, with the beautiful sparrow, and it just says, don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. And the heart of God toward every one of you today is that you are worth more than many sparrows. Isn't that a beautiful, beautiful thought today on Mother's Day? I want you to remember it. Right now, right now, what I want to do is just, I want to pray over the things in your heart that you're asking God this morning to, Jesus, take the wheel, basically. <laughs> we didn't do that as an item. It's not quite as nice on Mother's Day. Jesus, take the wheel. It's like, okay. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Faith, trust, God cares. Why don't you bow your head this morning? Just allow me the honour of praying for you. And if this morning is you sense there's some things in your life, man, woman or child, that you want to hand over to God, I want you to, in an, like an um, expression of handing over, I just want you to lift your hands right where you're seated while everyone's got their eyes closed. And right now, Holy Spirit, I just thank you right now. There's a great exchange happening this morning. It's a beautiful exchange. Our ashes for your beauty, our, our mourning for your joy. Lord God, I thank you today that we can trust you with all the things that are dear to our hearts. I ask this morning, Father, that you'll just grace us again with a deeper measure of revelation of what it looks like to truly trust You. And I thank You, Holy Spirit, that You minister life, 
and minister comfort to all those this morning who are really needing the comfort of God right now. I thank You for miracles. This morning I declare the miraculous over those things that the prayers still yet unanswered. I declare the miracle working power of God over every situation in Jesus' Name. I thank You for those who are struggling to fall pregnant this morning. Father, I thank You for a miracle of wombs today. I just thank You for open wombs in Jesus' Name. And Father, for those kids who have wandered, You know where they are. You know You see them. And Father, we stir up our prayer life again this morning and call those kids home in Jesus' Name.